0: Welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast, and today we're going to talk about one of the things I get, you know, kind of requested a lot is, Brian, how do I attract those millennial or Gen Z people? Or, Brian, I want to get a younger audience, or or even saying, Brian, you know, I need to grow my membership. Or one of the most popular ones I've had recently, as I, I get to speak to a lot of associations of all sorts of backgrounds, is associations will say, Brian... Our numbers are, are are dying off, and our our member base is is constantly getting older, and, and we're not getting diverse, and we're not getting younger, and we can't figure out why. We're on social media, we're doing marketing, uh, you know, we're trying these things, and and sometimes they'll they'll use the caveat. Well, I, don't, I think it's because millennials don't like don't want to be a part of associations. They're they're too stuck in their social media or whatever it may be, and and so I wanted to kind of talk about what does that mean, like in today's day and age growing your audience or putting your, your message in front of the right people isn't as easy as it might seem. And, and I always laugh because people will always say, you know, I hear this all the time, they'll say, this is the hardest generation in the world to, uh, to get a, a hold of. But at the same caveat, they'll say, this is the most connected generation in the world and everyone's stuck in their phones with their nose in their phone and they're online 24/7. And so it's funny that we can say that they're the hardest generation to reach while at the same time they're the most connected generation. And and really what I wanted to kind of kind of break this down to is that you know I think when it comes to Quote unquote reaching that younger generation. And I think the first thing we should do is throw out the younger generation. And what we should replace that comment for is how do we reach the people that we believe are our target demo or our target audience if they're not directly connected to us already? And I think this, you know, this isn't something that just. Uh, you know, hits associations, but I've had associations, you know, I had uh, recently a uh, a hockey club come to me and say, Brian, you know, we want to attract new people to hockey, but we can't figure out, you know, how to do it. I worked with uh, an association in higher technology and they said, Brian, our our group is not getting diverse and we're trying hard to be more diverse, but you know, at the moment we are kind of stuck in our ways, and you know, although we get good engagement on our content and we get people showing up to different things, it's still the same old people. And I think it's funny because this is something that whenever I start to work with my clients, you know, I get to a a speaking engagement or I have our pre calls. One of the things I, I often ask them is like, you know, what are, what is what is your goal what does success look like with this uh you know collaborating with me and they'll often say things like well we want you to help us you know reach the cool kids or how do we connect using these new technologies or how do we understand where our audience is and i think this is one of those things that you know for a lot of the brands that i work with the the problem that they've had is they they knew who their audience is and they they currently have their audience Um, you know, engage. They just don't know how to tell good stories. And the thing with associations, the thing with entrepreneurs, the thing with, with groups is they don't have that problem. They are, they already have great stories. I mean, when I walk into different associations and I'm asking them, you know, why do you join this group? I mean, people will talk to me for hours about all the value they've had and they'll tell me stories of connecting all of these dots. And so, I think the interesting thing, it's not about not having great storytellers, it's not about not having great stories, rather, it's about how do we position these stories in a way that they are, A, they capture people's attention, and then B, one of the things that we really need to focus on is, how do we allow these great stories to be told online if the storyteller themselves aren't social media savvy, or one of my favorite things I hear a lot is, Brian, you know the the group in our association, you know we have some really talented, wise, smart people, but they don't like talking on video and they don't want to be interviewed and they 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 hate the idea of signing up you know to being a guest on a podcast and here's what my challenge for you, the listener of this of this show, is that when someone says that, when someone says my boss doesn't like to be on video or the people that are in my organization, they, they tell great stories, but they don't want to write or they don't want to things. Here's the thing. I, I always say the, the, I always make the statement, limitations inspire creativity. And really what I mean by that even more so is that just because someone doesn't like to be on video doesn't mean they can't be great on video. The, the the job for us as a marketer now is how do we create a video environment or how do we create a video with their story or their storytelling without them having to get over this roadblock of not being good at video or they're they're stuck in talking about you know they're marketing themselves or whatever it may be. And so one of the things that I think that's really interesting on this is that it's about positioning The marketing to not feel like marketing. Like, and a good example that I would love to use is you know, one of my old bosses, the CEO of a company that I used to work for, one of the best storytellers I've ever worked with in my entire life. And he just didn't like being on video, but he would get up in front of our entire company and give these amazing presentations. He'd talk for hours at board meetings. And so, what I decided to do was that. You know, I, I decided to start small and I said, do you mind if I record our conversation? I want to I take your answers and, and turn it into a blog post. And that was how I kind of started. And then, and then the second time I would say, okay, I'm going to set up this, this camera on a tripod over here to your side, but I'm not going to use the video um, for, uh, you know, the primary source of this content isn't the video. Rather, I'm going to capture the audio because I want to include this, you know, in a podcast. And then one of the things I said was, you know what? Rather than you know you feeling uh, overwhelmed being on video yourself, why don't we sit side by side and I interview you on video? And and you'd be amazed when you you want to when you want to help someone tell their story better on video, and you go out of your way to do different things. It's amazing how easy the barrier comes down. And I, I thought it was funny. Eventually. I got this CEO to start doing videos, walking and talking on the sidewalk as he's holding his phone. And and I think that's such an interesting concept because if you have great storytellers, you have to enable them to tell great stories. And another way to do this is why not capture their audio? Have Have them tell you a great story, capture the audio, and then rather than having to do them on video... Capture B-roll, or maybe use some stock images or photos, or do kind of like a slideshow where you're creating a video with their voice and their story. Yet the what you're actually seeing is different than you know your traditional you know uh, talking head video. I, I think this is one of those things that is a great way to get over the roadblock. Now to tackle that question or that problem, where you know, hey Brian, we're not diverse or we're not reaching that younger demographic. I want to talk a little. I want to share like a little side note here. And here's here's my problem. Here's a massive pet peeve of mine. Part of the biggest problem for us not being diverse or not uh, knowing how to reach a diverse audience or knowing how to reach millennials or Gen Z is millennials, Gen Z, diverse people such as females or ethnic groups or different people of different walks of life. They're not represented in the boardroom, or the decision-making process. Like for me, one of the things in social media that I've always said that is you know, the biggest roadblock for social media success today is that if you want your social media manager to be the face of your company, to be the first line of your customer support, to share your brand message, to be part of your sales and marketing team, to be triage, as well as to be your PR... They have to be included in the conversation. It doesn't mean your social media manager has to be on the board, but it means they need to have their voice heard. They have to be sitting in the in the branding and the messaging meetings. They need to be included in these conversations. and this is even more important when you're trying to be diverse. If you are if you want to reach a younger generation and in your marketing or even just in your association, the number one way to do that, is to to get some of your younger uh, you know uh, millennial already association members and bring them into your board meetings. ask them where they would find content. Ask them how they explain the association to their friends. Ask them how they discovered your association right? And I think this is such a roadblock. like, like you you if it's all old white guys in your association and you're wondering why that is, probably because it's all old white guys that are trying to figure out how to market to them or to those people or to those pesky millennials. And this is something that, you know, as a brand ambassador and part of my role, it's something I want to take a bigger role in, is I want to help the brands that I work with, the associations that I work with, I want to be that voice and I also want to be that person that connects them with people that are diverse because I am the white guy. So if, you know, if someone, you know, an association that's out there and they're like, Brian, I wanna work, you know, I wanna figure out how to, to reach this younger demographic and I wanna reach, you know, female moms or I wanna reach females that are entrepreneurs. You know, I would love to work with them to connect with them with powerful female entrepreneurs to bring them in to consult and to advise. And so I think that's also a big roadblock for so many associations today is that even though your your massive audience today is not diverse. I can tell you, if you start reaching out to your, those people that look and act like that audience that you want to reach, it's amazing when you just include them in conversation what they can actually help make happen. Now, one of the statements that I talk about a lot when I'm when I'm answering these questions uh, with associations on you know how do we reach this demographic? One of the things I always like to say is you have to shrink the distance between your association. And the people that you're trying to reach. Now, what I really mean by that is, and, and I love working with regulated industries in this as well, is you need to remove the crutches that exist today. And one of the things that I'll hear a lot will be like, well, Brian, you know, here's this uh, such and such. This is, you know, um, we would love to talk about this, but I think our members would, wouldn't want to share that. Or we don't want to work. We don't want to violate our members pri- uh, privacy or well, that's something that's closed. We don't live stream that. And so the answer has to start being, just because you've never done it before and just because you don't currently do it, why can't we start live streaming that? Or why can't we start doing video interviews? Or why can't we allow our empl- our association members to take over our Instagram account or help us create content or do, do certain things? And so some of the things that I, I hear too often is, well, we we would never do that or our association wouldn't allow people uh you know that's not something that we would probably be comfortable with. Well, if you're not comfortable with changing the way that you currently give people access to who you are, you're not going to be in association very much longer because yes, this younger demographic is on social media. And yes, this younger demographic in many ways has replaced finding their tribe with old school networking and associations, and and for me, I, I you know I, I actually talk about this on stage a lot. You know, I'm that perfect example where I couldn't figure out early on why I would pay a fee to join an association when I can just join a Facebook group, or I can just you know uh, be part of a Twitter chat, or you know join a LinkedIn community. And one one of the things that I think that this comes down to is that if you're trying to market your association, or your group, or your membership community. One of the things you have to understand is that for today's generation, and when I say today's generation, let's just say those that are digitally plugged in, you need to stop talking about the benefits. Hey, here's the benefits. You know, we have this many people. You're going to get this much. You know, we're going to have these many meetings. We're going to have do this. You need to move away from benefits, and you need to start talking about experiences as well as enabling people to get a taste of what is going on behind the scenes. And I, I always say what you're really doing that is you're shrinking the distance between the barrier to entry for for someone actually joining your community. And so one of the things that I think we can do to be better at, at marketing outside of our current walls is we want to give people access into who we are. And when I say giving access, that doesn't mean just talking about the association from your, your own point of view, but it means getting out into the community and and really allowing people a window into what's going on. And and I know some associations that I, actually a couple that I even belong to, you know, they they allow you to, you you know, visit an association and be a guest for, you know, two times before you have to be a paying member. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is when you're when you're going through your process as an association and maybe it's, you know, um, some of the, one of the networking events, one of the things you have to start to do is you have to start as a group, start sharing things publicly, like who are the people that are attending? What is your goal? And, and you really need to start being a little bit more transparent in what it really means. And, and so that's why when I say you have to move away from benefits and start talking about the experiences, it's because when you're, when, the, if you're just talking about benefits, the only people that are going to listen to that are those that already understand your association. If you're just talking about you know, if you're just, you know, one of the things I love is like, well, we post on Instagram and we and we post on our Facebook page. Well, people that are seeing your Instagram, they already know what your association is. People that are seeing your Facebook, they've already liked your page. The thing that you have to figure out now is, how do I get the people that have never liked my page, have never heard of my association to understand who we are, and one of the the easiest ways to do this is through collaboration, and so I, I mean, I, you know, collaboration and content creation, and collaboration and the way that I think of collaboration in this sense is that as an association, you need to start looking at your core members or maybe your prospected your prospective members, and start asking yourself what are the the common traits, what are the things that that your association members currently, like what's the, what's the thing that goes through that almost every association member, they all like this, or they all belong to this. or they all care about A, B, and C, whatever that may be. And, and I'll give an example. Like one of them might be, um, you know, let's say you're a sailing association. I, I actually did work with the U S sailing association. Um, last year I spoke at their leadership forum and this is actually something I talked to them a lot about. And I said, you know, when I talked to the U S sailing leadership forum, I asked their leaders, you know, at that group before I spoke and said, you know, you know, who, who are your target, you know, audience? And they would say, "Well, we want to get younger people, especially kids involved with sailing." And I was like, "Well, one of the things with sailing is you don't really know about sailing or how much it costs unless you're part of that, you know, the the boat community." And so then I said, "Well, what are some of the traits that you've found for those that are that would be perfect for joining sailing?" And they're like, "Well, more than likely, they're active um, in the local community. More than likely, they're probably playing, um, you know, t-ball, or they're they're part of a local, you know, uh, flag football club. Um, many of them are also in Boy Scouts. And so what I what I said was. You know, why not, from a, from that group, why not collaborate with Boy Scouts? Why not collaborate with the local t-ball organization and do something that allows people, you know, hey, let's bring our sailboats out for one of the opening day, you know, baseball signups and, and do a collaboration in that way. Or even better yet... Why not create a piece of content? Why not create a podcast? Let's say your association is um, location-based, right? Let's say you're the Association of Golfers in Northern Virginia, right? It's the Northern Virginia Golfers Association. If I were you, I would create a a podcast or I, I would create a video series that would allow me to interview those in that area that probably have members or customers that match my ideal customer persona. So if you're, you know, if you're golfers, okay, these are people that, you know, have some disposable income, they probably, you know, are eating at local restaurants, they, they, they might belong to a local spa, they might also go to um, some local, you know, they, they participate in maybe some of the local music events. And I would go and interview leaders and I would, uh, you know, I would go talk to the marketing managers of the concert venue or the marketing, you know, marketing member, uh, manager of one of the other groups that are around. And what the thing is that you can do there is you want to highlight them. And the funny thing about that is then they'll share your story, your message to their audience. And that's such a great way of, of collaborating. Another example that I can think of for associations that kind of get beyond their walls is you need to tap into emotional based marketing. And here's the thing like it's funny for me one of the associations I was working with earlier uh, at the end of last year when I was at the pool, like after the association meeting, we were all hanging out by the pool and I was asking them about the association and why they belonged. And a couple of them were like, well, my boss told me that if, if I want to take this new promotion, I have to be a part of this association. And another guy said, well, you know, growing up in sales, I knew that if I, I wanted to grow as a, you know, my, my quota, this is something I had to be a part of. But then when I would talk to them about what they love about the association, they would talk about the spouse night that they would have. They would talk about some of the innovative webinars and speakers that they had that, that were brought on. And, and I would say, well, do people in your audience, are are they aware of that? And they're like, well, no, I'm not really a content creator. And I was like, oh, well... You know, if the association did you know behind the scenes, or if the association uh showed like these cool videos of some of the cool things that you have going on, would you be likely to share that on your Facebook page, on your LinkedIn account? And every one of these people in this association are like, "Hell, yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat but the the thing is is they don't look at themselves as association members as content creators. And so you have two options there. You can make the content easy for them to share by creating the content yourself, or you can simplify the content creation by, you know, doing workshops or even helping them by doing something like a, you know, an Instagram wall at one of your events and kind of inspiring your audience to do that. But on top of that, you need to tap into FOMO, that fear of missing out. And and I think really what's exciting when what you can do there is that why not bring in influencers or local local members of the community and create content with these local members not you don't have to be like quote unquote influencers but really how do you how do you allow people to talk about what's going on and give people that fear of missing out like wow i wish me you know i'm in the same group but you know i'm not part of that right and like you know, I'm part of the National Speakers Association, and I don't think the National Speakers Association does that amazingly well because one of the things that I feel, you know, that, that I, that I originally got from the National Speakers Association was, wow, to be part of the National Speakers Association, it must be all season speakers and why does it cost so much? And you still have to pay for all these things. And and I think that that's where it comes down to this idea where you have to give people a window into that value, into the connections. You know, like the very first National Speakers Association event I went to, I was blown away by the networking and the diverse groups and all of the different opportunities I had to talk to different people. And I was also blown away that a majority of the people in the audience at the the National Speaker Association um, conference are not seasoned speakers, rather people that want to be a speaker one day. And I was like floored by that. And so I think this is something that we you have to kind of look at and say, you know, how do I enable my my association members to share outside of the walls? And then at the same time, how do I create content that invokes that FOMO that would inspire my association members to not only share, but to be a part of that? And then the last thing I think of when I think of you know, associations and how you break down these barriers and these walls is that you really have to work hard at being where your audience is more so than thinking about, well, I'm, I have a blog. I have this on my website. You know People know what's going on. And what I mean by that is it's not just about having an, an Instagram account that all of your current members follow. Rather, it's creating an Instagram account that would inspire people to follow. That you give value that might want to join your association. And, and for example, you know, like, if I was the National Speakers Association, rather than just creating a National Speakers Association um, Instagram account, I would create an Instagram account around you know funny things that are said on stage or. Um, best presentations tips that you've never heard and and really focus not on the association or really speakers, but focus on people that, that like that kind of content. Or if you're an association for golfers or you're an association for higher technology, why not do an account where you say, you know, like uh, your account is all about quotes that were, you know, let's just say historical quotes that make, high-tech relative today, right? And the entire account is all about quotes that were from the past history that really kind of play well in today's history, right? And like, it is about, you know, it's, it's this funny thing that we get in this mode in our digital landscape is that we talk about us. And what I wanted to share with you guys and what I believe is the answer to this entire problem is you need to talk about the solutions and the experience that is, are enabled by joining your association, but really it's not about your association's why, but it's about your target new members why. You have to connect your benefits to your uh, your future association members. Uh, you know why? And, and and you know I think about that as in the National Speakers Association. You are know, like why would I join an association of speakers when I can just join a Facebook group with fellow speakers? And one of the the answers to that question is very simple for me is that, you know, if you're only a uh, you know you if your group of speaker, fellow speakers, are all speaking in your industry, how would you ever speak in different industries? Or, you know, hey, did you realize that like eighty percent of uh speakers get referred by another speaker? Things like that are things that you have to get out there to the open. And then the other part of this I think really it comes down to it's not really talking at this audience. It's not talking about what you're, what you currently are doing. It's talking about why being a, not being a part of this association impacts you more than, than even why you should be a part of it, right? And I would go as far as to say like, wow, like we're able to shift the narrative we're, because our association is working with the local community. We got the mayor involved and we're doing A, B and C or, you know, um, you know, our association is now responsible for driving this much change. And by doing so, we we can do this. And I think that's that's just such an interesting, you know, collaboration and opportunity to do some, you know, some unique things. And And I think there's ways to work with influencers. There's ways you know, to shift your marketing where, you know, you you change the stories that you're telling. I, I just, I'm amazed when I work with associations, the leaders that I, that I talk to are great storytellers and they have great stories. They care about their association and they're extremely passionate. I believe it's our job as marketers to tap into that passion and set them up for success to reach that audience. And then once we get some of those audience members involved, then we need to include them in the decision-making process. We need to tap into, how did you discover us? What do you care about? Where is your favorite place to talk about these things? And it might be something like Reddit. It might be something like a, a Facebook group. And you might have to be creative because it's no longer about going to where your audience is and telling them to join your association it's now going to where your audience is being part of their community and giving them so much value that they don't they can't think of a reason not to be a part of your association that's the challenge how can we switch the narrative rather than thinking uh, that i'm going to you know i'm going to go fishing and bring everybody back to me rather than having that as your mindset you need to go to where everyone currently is having the conversation be part of those conversations and then you'd be amazed how many people are like wow what is your association about you know wh- what are some of the things that that are involved with it i would love to know more because i do believe the struggle with associations is not that today's you know digitally connected consumer doesn't want to be a part of a group i can tell you today's younger audience wants to be a part of something that's exclusive they want to to be a part of something that's making a difference in the world it's just their, what, how their access to that is, is that they don't just automatically as picture an association as the answer. But I do believe associations have so much value to provide if they're willing to embrace change, change the narrative, make it simple for their great people to tell great stories, and empower those that are diverse in the group to be part of the change that you see in the future. It's not about talking at them. It's not about telling great stories to people that already like you, already know you. It's about going outside your walls and being part of that community and making sure those stories connect to that target demographic. Hopefully this was helpful for you guys. If you're a part of an association or if you're a part of a group and you would like me to come out and talk to your uh, your your association do a workshop or or provide a keynote, you know, do me a favor, reach out or just go to my website brianfanzo.com. Um I'm very passionate with, you know, the thing that I love doing is great groups and great people that are doing great things. My goal is to inspire them to think differently, to shift their mindset and hopefully embrace ways of reaching new audiences. There's nothing that that frustrates me more than great groups of great people either going out of business or the association uh, dying out because they couldn't figure out how to share their wisdom or allow people in to see all of the great things they're doing. And so it's definitely a passion of mine and something I would love to be able to do over the next year or two uh, with your association or group. Till next time, my friends, make it a great day.